Happy New Year. Um, it's just interesting what Garth said in that last point. Um, I found out yesterday that an old friend of mine uh, passed away the other day. Uh, he was 49, strong as an ox. He actually taught health and, and all that sort of stuff and he passed away leaving behind a couple of young kids and a wife and uh, I bet you they had plans for 2012. You know, They probably had plans for holidays and things that they wanted to do and see. Um, you know, with all that money and wealth and prosperity, it doesn't mean anything. They're going to stand before God and they're going to give their account like, like we all are. So it's probably, uh, it was interesting how um, that came after Garth had asked me to, to prepare this and, and how we probably need to uh, have a vision. I know I need to have a vision for my own life this year and, and, uh, and the things that I need to align with God's heart. But anyway, I just, Thought I'd uh, throw that in for free. But uh, <laughs> apart from my wedding anniversary and my kids' birthdays, uh, New Year's Day is my favourite day of the year. It's a time where we can all start again and make a fresh start, whether that be trying to get fit this year, making or resetting career and family goals, or most importantly, refreshing and renewing our relationship with our God. Calendars, times and seasons were designed by God for that very purpose. The simple dividing one day from another reminds us that God's mercies are renewed every morning. I think it would be good to look at what God's will and plan for the coming year is in his word so that we can align our hearts and minds with his will, not ours. I would like to read from the Gospel of Luke chapter 15. I'm reading from the ESV so it might be slightly different. (laughs) Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near him and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled saying, this man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbours, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine righteous persons who need no repentance. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbours, saying, Rejoice with me, for I found the coin that I had lost. Just so, I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. And he said, There was a certain man who had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share of the property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living. And when he had spent everything, a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into into his fields to feed pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but I perish here with hunger? 
I will arise and go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced, embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it and let us eat and celebrate. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to celebrate. Now his older brother was in the field and came and drew near the house. He heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, but I never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. That when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. Here we have three amazing parables that Jesus teaches the crowds, one after the other. What sparked Jesus to tell these parables in the subsequent chapters in the Gospel of Luke? The Bible tells us that the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled against Jesus because he was eating and fellowshipping with the sinners. We read in these three, three parables very similar stories. In each of the stories something was lost. Firstly we see that the sheep was lost. Secondly we see that the coin was lost. And thirdly we see that the son was lost. But there is one significant difference in the stories. We read that the man who lost his sheep left the 99 to look for and find his lost sheep. With the woman who lost her coin, she looked everywhere to find her lost coin. But sadly, we read in the story of the lost son, no one went out to look for him. We need to ask the question, if someone was to go and look for him, who should it have been? The father? I'll tell you why I don't think it should have been the father's job to go and find his son. Because he'd already divided up his property between both his sons and had given one third to the younger son so the remaining two-thirds belong to the older brother. Just a side note on the word property in this story, it is the Greek word bios, which means life. So don't think of this story as a purely financial transaction. The father had divided up his very being, life, reputation, standing in the community, all the while willing willing to be put to open shame because of his love for his two sons. The father did not have the means to go and look for his son. As we read in verse 31 in addressing his older son, Son, you are always with me and all that I have is yours. I believe that it was the older brother's responsibility to go and find his lost younger brother. But he knew it would cost him his time, his money and be very risky and could cost him his very life. 
He would have seen the tears flow down his father's face as his father's heart was breaking at the thought of his younger son being dead physically and spiritually. Although the oldest son had always been with the father, he never really wanted what the father wanted. He just simply wanted the father's stuff. He was an idolater. He should have given his all to see his younger brother restored to his father. As we see, when the younger son does come home, it was the happiest day of the father's life. As we approach the new year, this should be a warning to us that our hearts should be aligned with our Heavenly Father's heart and we should want what he wants and that's to seek and save that which is lost. Jesus Christ is a missional God and if our hearts and dreams are to be aligned with his, we must also be missional and have a heart to reach the lost. What does that look like for us in 2012? In the Gospel of Mark, chapter 16, verse 15, Jesus says, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Some people are going to be called into foreign lands to preach the gospel. All of us are called to support them in prayer and finances. I believe there is another way of thinking about Mark 16, verse 15. You could word it like this. Go into all your world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. A few weeks ago I was talking with Jim Ryder about this very thing. We were talking about how God had used us to share the gospel while doing what we love. Me through my golf and Jim through his jazz band. And we talked about how he would have an influence with people that I would never cross paths with. And the same goes with him. For me, sorry. I believe we're all in the same position of influence whether we realise it or not. We all just need to seize the day. We must never forget the awesomeness of the one who is called to have a called us to have a heart for the lost. To give you an example, no one on earth knew Jesus better or more intimately than the disciple John. He was his closest friend and was the beloved disciple. But when John saw Jesus in all his glory, in Revelations 1 verse 17, John writes, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. God is not subject to our plans and our wills, but we are subject to his. But more importantly, more than anything we could ever do for God is what he has done for us. Philippians chapter 2 verses 4 to 8 says, Let each of you look not only to his own interests but also the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves which is yours in in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped but made himself nothing taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Fortunately for us, God has given us a true older brother in Jesus Christ who knew our lostness and left his father's side and left all his glory in heaven to come in the lonely form of man. He gave his life to seek and save us we were truly lost and to restore us back to the Father so that on that glorious day when we stand before him he will fall on our neck and kiss us. He will clothe us with the purest white robes that we have ever seen and he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. We do have the most amazing true older brother in Christ. This year let's love him with all our might and let's set our hearts, agendas and plans on what he wants.